Howdy, howdy. Um, so go ahead and uh, open up your book to uh, Proverbs. So I'll uh, pray for us and uh, jump in. Uh, Lord, in the uh, time that we're uh, together today, Father, I pray um, that we would be open in sharing um, where we are with some of this instruction for us. Uh, Father, I uh, confess, uh, Lord, that I need um, much instruction in my speech um, to be wise uh, in how I use it, uh, to understand its power, uh, Father, and to be um, interested, Father, in getting better. And so I pray that for all of us, uh, Lord, that we would uh, really take stock over um, the words that we say uh, and the power of wanting to be wise uh, in how we use our tongue and our speech. And so, uh, Lord, today would you teach us? And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right. So uh, as we started last week, we're just going to spend one more week on speech and then we'll go on to other topics. But um, as uh, if you're like me, I need as much instruction as is humanly possible <laughs> on how to um, how to speak well. Um, we want to uh, make sure that we're understanding wisdom right in um, in Solomon's teaching here, not as. Uh, stuff just to be uh, remembered, uh, right? But things to uh, know, uh, things to be skillful at. And so I want to uh, put up the uh, quote that we've uh, just been reminding ourselves of the past several weeks. Uh, Wisdom um, is skill, expertise, and competence that understands how life really works, how to achieve successful and even beautiful results. So uh, I'm hoping that you are, um, as you are growing in your faith, that you're wanting Right, the things that you do to be done well, but also that God has a beautiful life for us. Uh, and that starts with us uh, being wise in our speech, being competent in our speech, uh, being skillful, and having expertise in that area as well. And so as we jump in, um, we've just got five kind of new instructions today, but just wanted to recap from last week, just so we can uh, make sure, uh, if you were not here, um, just a couple things we touched on before we jump into some new stuff. Yeah. So, uh, Proverbs 18, 21. Somebody want to read that in a loud, clear voice? Bible drill. All right. 18, 21. Go. All right. Excellent. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Um, and what was the last part? And those who love it will eat its fruits. So we want to remember, right, that our speech matters, right, and that our speech is powerful. And so we can, uh, we can love uh, the power of the tongue a little too much, right? Some of you, I just love what, uh, what I can say and the power it has over people, right? But uh, that can come at a cost. Um, and so let's not love it that much. Let's respect it. Um, and so as we're thinking about uh, the respecting it and not loving it, right, what is, uh, what is its power? How should we do that? All right, so the, the second thing in the recap is that our speech is a reflection of our heart uh, and our character. So uh, Matthew um, chapter 12 talks about that our, um, the speech is basically the overflow of our heart. So the content of whatever comes out is in there, right? So sometimes we're a little bit better at... Um, uh, uh, we use the, uh, if, if uh, our speech is, uh, is water and our uh, mouth is the hose, right, there's sometimes where we kink that hose well, 
right, where we don't say things that are in our heart that we don't need to share with others. Uh, but a lot of times in anger or frustration, we just unkink the hose and it just, you know, anybody experienced that from someone else? Yes, anyone done that to someone else? Occasionally, we've got some hands raised. <clears throat> and so as we re- remind ourselves of that, a lot of times like, oh, oh that's not me. It's like, no, what the Bible teaches, that's exactly who you are. <laughs> what you say came from somewhere and from somewhere it is your character, your heart and your mind. And so we just need to be um, understand what, uh, how that looks. And then we talked on three things last week as we talked about the power of the tongue, uh, but just three p- more specific uh, instructions. Uh, one was that we have the power to set boundaries of what is acceptable for ourselves and others. I know a lot of you in situations you're in, the speech that's around you or the things that come out of your mouth, right? Tell others, right, what's proper, okay? And what's acceptable in your, in your sight or as you, uh, so kind of listening or chiming in or what you talk about or what you don't talk about sets boundaries for people. And so know that you have that power. People think a lot of you, every single one of you, people think a lot of what you say. And so regardless of if you think you have that power, you do to set those boundaries. The second thing is that we need to be aware of the motivations we have when communicating with others. Um, have you ever thought about that? If you're going to take a survey, um, if, Manna, uh, if, um, if Madeline fell, uh, followed Hannah around and she was taking notes and you're just like, oh, I wonder what her motivation was in saying that. Wouldn't that be an awesome uh, thing that you pay somebody to do? You think that would be like an encouraging exercise or one that made you feel not great? What do you think? How many positive? Like if somebody follows you around, it's like, hey, what was your motivation for saying that? Okay, you would. That somebody cares enough to jot, you got your own stenographer. Um, but the, the question is a good one, right? For us to think about, hey, we, are, we have motivation anytime we're saying something. And so what is that? Be aware of it. Uh, and third, uh, that silence is the best policy concerning others. And so he's like, well, what about, yep, well, what, yep, well, yep. Just almost always, if the person is not present, right, if you're talking about others, um, silence is almost always better than what you're going to say, okay? And so what that has to do with kind of this principle, um, of the absent are safe with me, right? If, uh, if we're going to speak uh, well in front of them, let's do that outside. And if I can't, right, or I'm not going to, then that, that's not my place. And so uh, I've been convicted of just how much other people uh, at different times in my life are the subject of my conversations when they're not there. And so um, I think that is really hard for us to do because if we took other people out of most of our conversations, what? <laughs> What would we talk about? Challenging. All right, so let's. Um, so we're going to go on and look at um, five more uh, things that we want to um, grow in wisdom. All right, so the first one comes from uh, Proverbs twelve eighteen, and so the principle is this. So these are kind of just restated in more common language. So number one, the casual loose tongue is dangerous and painful. The tongue of the wise is redeeming. So Proverbs 12, 18, there's one who speaks rashly like the thrust of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Um, is that a pretty good description when people uh, are talking about you behind your back? Is that kind of how it feels? Oh, yeah? Well, how about this? Huh? What about this? Some of that? You like that? Hmm? Does that feel good? Poke, 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 poke. You didn't like the comments, though? 
So um, is that how we, is that our intention? Sometimes, right? Sometimes we wanted to poke and draw blood because we were mad. <laughs> or they just needed to hear that, right? Or whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. Like whatever our mood is. But as we think about that, that, my, uh, that I've got kind of two choices. If, if, uh, if I get to pick A or B, A being here's a, a sword poke with my words, or B uh, bringing healing, if we uh, thought about it in those terms, how many times will we hit the B button? How many times do we hit the B button? Do we want to hit that B button more? Yes? Uh, so I want you to, uh, to sit um, with that a second. There's a, a question here. And so just talk amongst yourselves. Uh, what are some examples of that? I want us to feel a little bit more, be a little more specific. Of, I want you to think of one example of like thrusting speech um, that's rash that comes off like that and one of healing speech. And so just think of if it's something somebody else said to you, if it's something that you can remember, awesome, that you said. Uh, but discuss that amongst yourselves real quick and then we'll catch a, catch a quick survey. All right, go ahead. All right. All right, I'm going to call on you. Call on you. Hmm. <laughs> Michaela, what you got? What do we have? Yeah. Like a rash thing that you said. Yeah. We talked about road rage. Ah. I like it's. It's almost like kind of a dog barking, you know. And it was, you know, and yeah. the people are like, I see they're angry. I don't know what they're saying. Oh, I know what that means. You know, it's like, yeah. Darts flying, swords thrusting. Yes. All right. Other other uh, rash, uh, thrusting examples up here, Laura. Mm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, right? Oh. <laughs> absolutely. Drew, what'd you think? Absolutely, yes. I'm real bad about that. Uh, Matthew. Yeah. Yeah, just to take a jab. You know, that felt good. I really wanted to poke you. <laughs> uh, thank you for letting me do that. Yeah, Mason. Um, I think another thing would be like, uh, like that passive aggressiveness. Mm hmm. Uh, where it's like, it's right to your face. It's like, you don't need to eat that. You don't need to be fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, I think, is he trying to be nice? Because that hurts. <laughs> All right, what about, uh, what about healing words? What are some examples of some healing words that you have heard from other people? So we're thinking of, again, it could be right after someone has, you know, what, what, what type of words would bring healing? Yeah. Okay. So that would be like, yeah, ways to not, right, be, be pricking. All right. Other thing. Yes, Macy. 
Hmm. Okay. Time out, revisiting. I think I could probably come up with something better there. All right. Um, Ash. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. So the, the question I want us to ask and I want to ask myself um, as is, is my is the speech that I am kind of most engaged in. Um, is it sharp? Right. Like we can we use that word, but we mean it to uh, as we use it. Right. Does it bite? Is it harsh? Um, or is it warm? Is it safe? Is it encouraging? I've often felt there's many times that I can try to communicate the exact same information, but the way I do it sometimes is sharp, it bites, it's harsh. Um, uh, whereas I could say the same thing, uh, warmer, safer, more encouraging, and more helpful. Uh, and so that's been really challenging for me to see, right, the types of language I use, my attitude, my tone, uh, how quick I respond to things. Um, just a just a litany of uh, things that um, I don't do well all the time. So as you're thinking about that, let's go on to the second one, which is uh, somewhat like it and adds to it. Uh, so this is Proverbs 13:3, and so the uh, the principle here would be guarding, protecting the weapon of my mouth protects others' lives. So I think it's helpful to think of our mouths as a weapon, right? It's real sharp. Okay, and if it is just kind of casually thrown out there, like people are going to get hurt, so how do I wield it? Uh, any of you guys are into guns or swords? Nobody's really into swords, are they? <laughs> nice. Way to, way to own it. All right, or, or knives, right? We, uh, so um, I got my brother-in-law who um, is really into knives uh, for Christmas. Um, you know, it's kind of touch and go when present, with presents for people you don't see very much. Uh, he actually gives really good presents. Well, anyway, this, um, this time he gave me like a nice knife, like one that will, like if you just kind of touch it, it will cut you. And I've cut myself probably three times in the last like two weeks because I don't know how to handle a, harp, a sharp knife apparently. Um, but over and over again, it was reminded to me like, okay, if you cut yourself on that one more time, like when are you going to learn that that thing's kind of like dangerous? Like it's very helpful, but at the same time, like respect that it, as you have not done that and you find yourself kind of bleeding for 10 minutes, like it just touches my thumb, I'll be back. I'll be back in a half hour as I, again, forget that this thing cuts me uh, every time I, I don't use it appropriately. So how often do we view our speech like that, right? That your speech is like a gun. Like, so do we just kind of, hey guys, you know, what's happening? You know. It's, uh, it's usually holstered, right? It's uh, safety's on, right? We're, we're going to be thoughtful about when we, uh, when we uh, use it, how we use it, its power, right? That's what it should look like. So what, uh, what does, how do you feel about thinking about your mouth um, as a weapon and how that might help you approach the things that you say uh, to others? Oh, what was the first word before uh, intellectual? I got bullets. What was the middle word? Intellectual uh, and fascination bullets. Uh, Interesting. Okay. Apparently, I, I, I was uh, as a uh, fellow. 
fellow chaplain describes our experience in group, I apparently will come out of nowhere and have a very striking statement that serves an authorization now and people have a relationship. Ah, uh, so maybe like a verbal ninja. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, somebody else. Mm. Nice. I like that. That's helpful. Somebody else. Thinking about your mouth as a weapon. Good thoughts. What happens if you don't? What happens to the person who is casual with their, their gun, their knife, their sword, their cleats? <laughs> Do you like those people? Do you trust them? Are you like seeing them? You're like, uh, uh. <laughs> Where can I go? Have you met people like this that are like that with, with their mouth? You're like, oh, um, I'm going to stay out of their li- eye, eyesight, <laughs> their line of sight there. Uh, oh, they're coming here. Okay. What, what are they going to tell me? <laughs> um, for, for, the, for the the people that speak the most and the people that speak the little, I think that it doesn't change the weapon that you have, right? Weapons can be good. They can be protective, right? There's times to pull the gun out. There's times to use the knife. There are times to uh, draw the sword. Um, but we need to know like, hey, this is serious, right? And that really is all of our speech. Our, all of our speech is serious. And so we're not going to be 100%, right, on any of uh, when we do that. And so we need to uh, understand the power, but also uh, understand its healing nature when we use it improperly. Any thoughts or questions about that? All right, so uh, we've got a couple more. The third one uh, is that truth uh, brings longevity in this life and the life to come. Proverbs twelve nineteen. Somebody read that for me. It's up on the screen. Mm-hmm. All right, so I want you to talk amongst yourselves. Why do you lie? All of you lie? All of you are great liars? Why do you do it? Think about not big stuff, right? But think about it. A lot of times we don't think about that. So take a minute and uh, we'll, we'll take a little survey. Why do you lie? What are your motivations? All right. All right, so this one, I won't call on you, just popcorn. There's so many reasons we lie. We're so good at it. We should have so much information here. What are, uh, why do we lie? All right, Mason, he's, he wants to start us off. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, they do it every day. But, but why? More of a, why? I think it's more of a, uh, Okay. You know that you've been doing it forever. Uh, you know the outcome. You know you're going to feel shame if you don't. So I do, I do really think that uh, you're trying to avoid that. So. Yeah, so preservational. All right. Keep, keep them coming. Yes. So Mason says because they have a desire to connect. So like when someone's like, have you seen this movie? You say yes, even though you haven't. It's a really stupid lie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say that actually falls under the realm of preservational too, right? Because I want to preserve, uh, preserve the connection. Somebody else. Why do we lie? Yes. We're afraid of the consequences. Yep. 
Again, preservational. <laughs> yep. Caleb. Okay. Yeah. I don't. That's a long story. Yeah. Here's just this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That reminds me of Go Dog Go. Anybody a fan of Go Dog Go from Dr. Seuss, the kids' book? There's a line in that that this girl dog walks up to this boy dog and says, "Do you like my hat?" And he goes, "No, I do not. I do not like your hat." And then, <laughs> I was like, "I love that. It's such a good." I just I think of that all the time. Do you like my hat? No. The answer is always no. I don't like your hat. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, go dog go. It's a it's a classic. But an awesome awesome illustration, right? Because we. But again, come back to preservation, right? We want to protect people's feelings. Yes, ma'am. Um, I think a point of like, in a way, it gives us control of like what that person knows or what we're sharing with that person. Absolutely. We're just trying to keep it going, right? As you, anybody drop something and then you kind of spasm to like catch it. So you drive, ah, you know, and, but you keep doing that. Like that's kind of what a lie looks like. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little off balance. Let me lie to you. And then I got a spasm again to like say another one, another one, another one. And hopefully I don't drop the thing, right? Feels like kind of awkward juggling. Somebody else. Why do we lie? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So generally I'm lazy. I don't want someone to know that I'm lazy and I lie to you that I did X or Y. Absolutely. Somebody else. Keep them coming. That's it? <laughs> no, none of it's too obvious. None of it's too obvious. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to be found out. A couple more. Yeah. Fear of rejection. Absolutely. Yeah. So every answer that you've given is self-preservation. You understand that? Like every reason we lie is has something to do with us. Okay? I lie for all the exact same reasons as you do. Because I don't want someone to know the truth. Because the truth is not... Uh, fill in the blank in that particular situation. But what does the, what does the, um, the proverb say here? Truthful lips will be established forever, but a lying tongue is only for a moment. Um, so as we are good liars, what does it feel like to um, tell somebody that we uh, respect and love uh, something that's not true? Does that feel, doesn't that feel amazing? <laughs> Why does it feel so bad? We say it self-preservationally, but then all it is is just, okay, so they're not in on the truth, right? But then what, do, what does it feel like for me as I push them from the truth with that lie to kind of keep up appearances? Does it feel good? Yeah. Okay, yeah. How else might you describe that feeling? Yep. Nobody knows the actual thing. I wish I could tell them, or I wish I would have, and I didn't. Somebody else over here? Uh, it feels like you slipped and fell on the mud. 
Yeah. Right. It's um, it is um, how I describe it is I have a hollow feeling um, that that there's something that I want people to know and I'm too scared for whatever reason for them to know. And it could be dumb. It could be, uh, you know what? I haven't seen Harry Potter. <laughs> right? I mean, the vitriol that sometimes comes, you know, when you say something like that. You know, you, you say somebody, some music artist, and you're like, who is that? <gasps> well, I thought you were cool, you know? I mean, the, the, the dumbest things that we... Uh, that we say, we exaggerate, we do all these things. None of that it actually matters so much is the reason why we do it, right? And the way it makes us feel. And what this proverb is trying to help us understand is uh, uh, conversely, when you tell the truth, when there really isn't anything to hide, what does that feel like? It does. There's a verse about that. Let me see here. John 8.32. So, so often we use this verse for our own purposes, <laughs> just to kind of fit whatever, whatever uh, context we would like it to, but this actually is the context that it's supposed to uh, have. That when we walk in truth, meaning when we say what we mean and we mean what we say, when we, uh, if we've done something wrong that we just say, you know what, I did something wrong here. That when in the truth of uh, that Christ is our king, that like that is living in the truth, right? The reality of what is, right? Everything is, is as it's supposed to be. It is so freeing. It is one of the best feelings to think about. Like it's, it's, the, it's the feeling when you've done all your homework by Wednesday. Anybody know how good that feels? Hey, I don't... I'm just kind of trying to imagine it. Like some of you are like, whoa, you did your homework that was due on Monday on Wednesday? Like what Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday feel like when there's nothing hanging over your head? When you're not trying to remember, hold on, what did I tell that person? <laughs> I didn't want to go to their birthday party. I might see them. Okay, I got <laughs> to dip and dodge. Man, that feels so good. The uh, verse that um, Wes referenced in the service this morning, right, in Ephesians, talking about the blessed breastplate of righteousness, like that's the same idea, right, that that protects me, that I can feel good, right, when I walk out into some place because I'm protected by the truth, that I, I li I'm, I'm, uh, I'm living integrous, right, one-faced is, uh, is the kind of the picture of living in integrity, the breastplate of righteousness, that's what it feels like. It feels like a badge, armor that I can face anything. It feels like no homework, right? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It feels amazing. But so often we've gotten used to, right, finding the other way, and, and we find ourselves anxious and fearful, rotting away, and so much of that is because of the lies that we live. Because it's those, those little lies, which it really isn't that big a deal that you said whatever you said. Like the thing, it doesn't matter and yet you keep it going, <laughs> right? We're, we're trapped by it. Does any of the metaphors or phrases that have lie in it, like are they sturdy or foundational? House of lies? What's the connotation? Like is that long lasting? <laughs> like any moment is gonna fall down and I'm gonna be hurt. 
truth brings longevity. It brings freedom. And so, again, don't get caught up on lying, what's a lie, what's this lie, but you know what it means to live in the truth, right? You know what, it, what that feels like. And so, so much of that comes from our speech. Most of it, what comes from our speech. Any, any uh, questions about that, about why that's important for us uh, to grasp those concepts? Everybody good? Awesome. All right. Uh, let's finish up here. So number four, the, um, the right word can remove fear. Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down, but a good word makes it glad. Um, anybody uh, just generally scared about something? Everybody raise your hand. Yes? Yes? Uh, we're the richest uh, culture that have ever lived, and yet we are scared of more things <laughs> than we don't even know about. We're scared of things that we don't even know about yet, right? What's that called? <laughs> right, fear of the unknown. But we're just like, I don't even know what it is to be, but I'm scared about it. Um, I asked McLennan one time why he wouldn't like go to the bathroom by himself in our own house, and he was like, clowns. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, all the options of things he was going to say, that was the last thing. I mean, we don't have any clowns in our house. I was like, clowns? He was like, yeah. <sighs> They're really scary. I was like, have you ever seen it? No. But I'm just imagining how scary it would be if there was a clown in our house. Right, so it's not something that he like, knows what it looks like, has had any experience with, or thinks that the bathroom would be a place where they would manifest themselves. <laughs> but, but he was scared of them, so much so that I had to get up and walk him down the hall in his own home to, to make sure there were no clowns out there. <laughs> the right word can remove fear. What's, the, what's going on when we're scared of something? Much like the preservational piece when we lie, right? What are we scared of when we're scared of anything? It affecting us negatively. Okay, it affecting us negatively? You can't control it. Yeah, you can't control it. Most of it is, I don't know, right? Like, that's what's so scary. Like, if X happens, I just, I just don't know, right? So the fear is in... Uh, it actually doesn't change, right? It's in this unknown. I just can't not know. I just can't, right? It's so scary. When did this change? When did, when did we uh, get so scared of not knowing things? Do you remember the moment? When that was like bad? We're fearful of what? Insert, insert blank. And yet, what this is saying is not, that's saying what we already know, right? Anxiety weighs a, a, heart, a heart down. But a good word makes it glad. And what I wanted to find good here, right, is God's truth. Why does that make it glad? When you're scared of whatever, when someone comes to you uh, with a word, not their opinion, but God's word, why is, why does that make you glad? Hmm. Because it's true. Right? What, do, what is occupying our minds in the fear? Yep. Have you ever noticed that? 
What about this? What if this happens? What if this happens? McClendon, he's saying, well, what if there's clowns in the bathroom? <laughs> That's right. He's, never, he's not going to go in there again. Right? It's like, son, are there clowns in the bathroom? Will there ever be clowns in the bathroom? No. We need truth, right, to combat the lies. The things that we are afraid of 99.9% of the time, this is not to belittle them, but this is helping how rampant this is that, that we believe lies more than truth and we don't hear truth so much that we need to hear it as often as we can get it, right? So will you be a person that brings gladness? And don't mistake right, your opinion or what you think is right for uh, what will bring gladness. Right? We need truth. Only truth combats lies. Not that it's going to be okay, which we don't know that. Right? Or just some random thing that we feel like might make them feel better. It is God's truth. All right, and lastly, uh, and this one is going to be a little controversial. I want to make sure that I... Um, kind of uh, explain through this, because this is completely against um, our culture within and without the church. Uh, Proverbs 27.5 says, Better is open rebuke than love that is concealed. And the principle here is it is more loving, the more loving thing is to say something. Now we have to keep in mind, right, that our, our words are, can thrust, right, that they can bring pain, and that's not what we're seeking to do. Um, but what this is speaking into is saying that the loving thing to do in almost all circumstances is to say something versus when we're tempted to say nothing. Why are we tempted to say nothing when we need to say something? Particularly when something is like not wrong by my opinion, but like wrong. I would say 95% of the time we bring up things that are wrong that I don't like. And that's not the same thing. Okay, That's where a lot of hurt but when we bring something up because it's true, right, or God says for us to do it, that's a different thing. Had a, had a hand raised in here? It went back down? Yes? I think we as a culture have decided that our truth is what's true, and mm. so we don't accept rebuke from anybody who are you to tell me that my truth is wrong. Yep. Yeah. And so, and we need to be clear, right, that when we are, right, saying something, how we do that, you know, what it is that we're saying, almost like I need to make sure what I'm saying here, because uh, I would say the, the mistake that I make 95% of the time is the thing I want to say is not from God. <laughs> I just want to say it. I'm mad, I'm frustrated, I'm irritated, or I just, I think that this is right when I need to test that. Is God saying this is something that ought not to be done? Very specifically, right? There's, there's, there's not that many things that really should meet that criteria. And so, so we typically err when we go, right, about something that's not in God's word or, right, we don't say something. Somebody else, this is a good thought. Actually, here, we'll, we'll finish with, um, there's one more uh, slide. I think this is one that's worth... Um, uh, there's a couple different options for you, and we'll, we'll close here. Right, so why do we confuse our opinion? So this is one option. Just pick one of these options. Why do we confuse um, our opinion with what God teaches 
And why is that so tempting? Right, that's gonna be a good one uh, for a lot of people. Uh, the second one is when we talk to someone about these types of things, how often are we um, using the phrase, that was wrong? And so that really is what rebuke is. Right, rebuke is saying that thing right there, whether it's something you did, something you're about to do, that's wrong. And not because I thought it, but because God says it. Okay. Uh, so it would be, it's much more of the, almost the banter that you find in a house with young kids. And you're constantly like, no, don't do that. Stop. <laughs> uh, now, the grown-ups can't do that, right? But, uh, but that level of kind of uh, communication, right, is what he's asking, that that's loving. Particularly when, you know, somebody's doing something that's not good. So pick one of these, uh, discuss amongst yourselves, and then I'll close this here in about two minutes. All right, so, uh, so somebody that took the first question, why so tempting? Bridget, <laughs> we do that. We're amazing at that. Yeah. Let me co-op this thing so you'll stop doing this other thing uh, for whatever reason. Yeah. What about the second one? How can we use in that something is wrong? Why is that a helpful marker? I think it's because uh, most times it's, it may be not be wrong. We're just telling them it is. And so that marker is helpful for us to determine, right, what are the things that we need to say. So here, here's what would um, fit that description. Um, is uh, This proverb is not, say, is not talking about how to say something to somebody, but about what is, more, what is more loving in a scenario where someone is doing something contrary to God's teaching. It's not, so I don't have to worry about, like, if they agree with me or not, which is typically how those conversations go, right? I disagree with what you said. I don't agree. That's why it's so important to say, to only you know, talk about, hey, it says right here, I struggle with this too, but I see that you're not doing that. Not because I care about me, that I'm the arbiter of right and wrong, right? But that, that there's consequences for us to be disobedient to what God teaches. There's good reasons for us to do the things, right, that he asks us to do. And so it gives us, right, some parameters for doing that. Lastly, how would using God's word encourage us to say something versus nothing? What do I say? Right? Anybody answer that question? How is that helpful for us to, to actually say something? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe as we are comfortable with like, man, it's really blatant. It says that this is what we should do. And I really want them to know that because I love them and I want, I want that for them. All right, let's close. Uh, Father, um, gosh, is, uh, I think this stuff is hard, Lord, because we just don't have any instruction. As I look at these things, all I see uh, in my own life, uh, particularly the first half of it, is just blatant failure. <laughs> Uh, on all of these principles. 
Father, but as, um, as you're teaching me over the last couple of weeks, as you have used others to teach me, Father, that I have seen uh, the fruit um, of uh, all of the things that you're trying to teach me how to be skillful in. And so, Lord, as, I, as we move forward, Lord, that needs to be, as we prayed at the beginning, the goal, right? That I just want to be skillful in how I live my life and so that my life and how, I, um, and how it comes in contact with others, Father, is beautiful as opposed to like ugly and haphazard. Lord, you have created life and you have, are seeking to, to so uh, teach us how to live it well. And so I pray that, you, uh, that we would be open uh, to your leading. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.